0: Father Brown and Death in Paradise, plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime, and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com.
1: So I get into the St. Regis and I, you know, like get in my room and I'm like kind of getting all set up and stuff, and then I'm like, Oh no, not, not this again. I go down to the concierge, I get right in his fucking face, and I'm like, this pillow doesn't have my name on it. Oh, what did he say? He was like, you're it's on the other side. Nice. It ultimately was there. Hey! What up, what up? What up, up? What up? Uh, Welcome to Hollywood Handbook and Insiders Got to Kicking Butt and Dropping Names in the red carpet lineback hallways of this industry we call showbiz. I'm Hayes Davenport. I'm here with Sean Clements. We're both uh, writer-actors. Um, we want to give a, a quick shout-out to Hollywood Reporter, um, which is our favorite newspaper, Just the best journalism happening Mm -hmm. today
0: is happening in THR. Mm -hmm. They break the most stories and they break them with the best sense of humor and the greatest integrity. Yes. Also, when they're expressing an opinion... It's the right one. Mm -hmm. They released their annual 35 Under 35. Yes, they're sort of Hollywood's
1: next gen agents, executives, lawyers, like sort of the young people who are going to be making waves in this industry in the near future. We are, of course, honored to be included. We appreciate Uh, you putting (laughs) us on it despite the fact that we aged out of it uh, quite a a few years ago. Keep telling you Hush, hush. Keep shtum about that. But we also, there's a list that we like to do... Of the real power players, the
0: real next gen power mm-hmm. players, because the thirty five hundred thirty five. Uh, sorry to say, a lot of these people are either past their prime that they're listing, and they're mm-hmm. not going to do fucking jack shit.
1: Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of those cases, if you're thirty five, you uh, you sniff that milk, and it doesn't uh, smell so good. It's time to uh, it's time to throw out that milk.
0: Yeah, you'd put that milk in the trash. You'd
1: have to throw that milk because in the trash. it's
0: spoiled now. What we like to do is go a little bit fresher with our Mm -hmm. milk, and we make a list that is the 15 under 15, and this is the Hollywood up-and-comers who you are going to be seeing them
1: everywhere, hearing Mm -hmm. their names and watching their art that they make. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, uh, Grace Davenport, my daughter. Little Gracie, yeah. uh, She's... She's got a heck of a singing voice. Mm-hmm. She knows the computer inside and out. She's doing stuff on the computer that just blows me away. And great, she's just great at talking to adults, yeah. which I think is really important. You've seen the way the way she when talks I have a conversation you, with her, it's like I you're feel just talking like to one of your peers. Yes, I feel like it's a peer. And I say like, who does she? Who did she learn that from? I know it wasn't Brooke you know <laughs> yeah. like it definitely wasn't for Brooke At when she when she comes over I'm just blown away by uh by how grown up she is and what a what a little beautiful little woman she's uh, becoming. And she's, um, so she's number 1
0: 15 under 15. Yeah. She's 10 years old and I think that numbers 2 through 5 are the little Clem clan. Uh, my four boys who I just am so so proud of uh, Cranston, Gilligan, Vince and Brian. These Little dudes are so rockin'
1: cool. Mm-hmm. And
0: the and the fashion choices they make. They have great style. Yes, their style is outrageous. Mm-hmm. And it is next level. It is ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And some of the music they listen to, mm-hmm. I'm just like, these guys are making taste. Yes. And I'm just so proud of my little men, my little soldiers. Mm-hmm. Because They are their own people, but they're also just like dad.
1: But they're not all, we've only got five kids. The list is not all our kids. Uh, Yeah, there are lots of other. We've got five kids who are on
0: here. Yes. And then my daughters with Steffi are not going to be
1: power players. There are some other young people in this industry we'd like to give a shout out to. How about that, Bart Simpson? Holy cow, only 10
0: years old, and this guy comes out with one-liners? Jeez, he's, yeah. he is Rodney Dangerfield yes. or something.
1: Springfield's favorite rapscallion has been terrorizing his way into our hearts for a number of years now. Uh, and people say, like, oh, but the show's been on for more than 15 years. Yeah, it's my fucking job to know that. You know, like, of yeah. course I know that.
0: Please don't talk down to me, you fucking idiots. Uh,
1: what, about, what about the guy who does the voice of him? Huh? Did you ever think about that? It's a girl who does the voice of him. Did you ever think that it was a girl? Yeah. And she's under 15,
0: so it's fine. Yeah, she's under 15 and smart as a whip. And he also has had some hit singles. Sure. And I, don't, I honestly cannot go... To get a sandwich mm-hmm. from a deli
1: without people doing
0: the Bartman, doing the Bartman. in line.
1: Mm-hmm. As funny as I think it is, I sometimes don't think it's so funny when, when it happens to me. When you know, when people spray paint El Barto in your house.
0: If I caught kids doing that, man, they'd be in big, big trouble. Which is another one of his hit songs.
1: Uh, some of the other. Uh, Don't, now you can't go to the boat show Sorry, I just love that part of Big Big Trouble Where he goes Don't, now you can't go
0: to the boat show And that, and that is a lyric that is gonna You're gonna
1: hear more and more, I think Other 15 Yeah, more of the 15 under 15 Twitter Hello Twitter's only been around for about 10 years And it's really changing the way the industry Takes shape uh, And pretty soon our prediction is that you are going to be starting to watch movies on there,
0: yeah, I think that twitter's Twitter and movies is about to be mm-hmm. one in the same, and uh I wouldn't be surprised if by right now it's November I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of November mm-hmm. that you're watching movies on Twitter and that you' no longer have to have a TV
1: as vines get longer and longer it'll as, yes the it'll be you'll watch a two-hour Vine, and then it'll just start right back over again, and you'll be able to watch it again. The, 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 the industry's changing, I think. Hey, that'd be nice for our royalties. Because they, they just watch it again right away. Oh, because every time they would watch it, we would we'd get well, a little chunk Well, they don't even realize they're just watching it again. Oh, that's right. You know, right. They're, it's on
0: a loop, so they're watching it maybe six times, where right now a lot of people only watch our movies one and a half times.
1: But go ahead. You were talking about social media. I was talking about how social media and the different ways we watch movies now is changing. Uh, And screens are getting smaller at the same time the ideas are getting bigger, I think. Uh, And in a couple years, Twitter is just going to be a big movie. I agree. And I think
0: the other character... Mm-hmm. Who uh really stormed onto the 15 under 15 this year who yeah. had not made the list before was calling things epic.
1: Calling things epic, yes. Wow. That's only that's uh just starting to walk calling things epic. It's just a toddler now. But it's so interesting that calling things epic has itself become epic. Yes.
0: Yes, and that's what's blown me away. And I only just first heard the term a week ago. Mm-hmm.
1: And I've heard in the context of someone saying that a, a, one of your parking jobs was an epic win,
0: that's exactly right, yeah. um, and it was true. There was not a lot of space to parallel, mm-hmm. and um I was in the uh, the big
1: car, yes, the big car. <laughs> yes. yeah, it's a mercedes-laga Yes, it's a mercedes-laga Also on the fifteen under fifteen, how about these kids doing charity car washes? Every time I go by these kids, They want to go on a basketball trip, or they're trying to raise money for a new basketball court or something. I always pull in, no matter whether or not my car, sometimes my car is pretty clean. I like to keep it in pretty good shape. But I'm still going through that charity car wash. And I'll get it done at a real car wash afterwards to get all the scum off it that they put on.
0: Which car are you driving these days?
1: I'm driving uh, the big one. Okay. The um, Lamborghini.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I guess the only other member on 15 Under 15, and we didn't do a whole 15 because not enough people earned it this year. Yeah. Uh, so but, Work a little harder next time. Yeah. It's a, it's a real wake-up call mm-hmm. that we only have about 10 of the 15 mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of these young ones could be putting the elbow grease in.
1: Everyone gets a trophy now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the kids grow up today, and everything they do – Their parents say they're doing a good job because they don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, they don't want to hurt their kids' feelings. God forbid your kid should ever cry. Yeah, everyone gets a trophy. When Hayes and I were growing
0: up, it wasn't like that. We had to actually outright win everything we stepped up to the plate to do to get a trophy. And
1: believe me, the case is full. There were no trophies for best effort. For, you know, for, for good try. All these good, first, for first, all these good try trophies up. you see these days. I feel like every kid I see on the street now is holding some kind of trophy. It's literally become an epidemic. It has literally become an epidemic. It'll become an epidemic. And it's
0: literally one of the worst things in our country. I agree. But uh, anyway, the last 15
1: under 15 is uh, trophies. Yeah, as trophies themselves. It's not the trophies <laughs> fall is what we're trying to say We here.
0: get very mad. Yeah, we don't want
1: to take it out on the trophies themselves. We love trophies. The trophies themselves are actually very nicely made uh, and very nice to look at, and they look beautiful on a shelf. And just because... These parents are giving them out to every kid they see, throwing trophies at them. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the trophies themselves are not of value, shouldn't uh, be appreciated, yeah. don't deserve a little attention every now and then.
0: And so there, so that's the the last one on the list. And mm-hmm. uh, also, Hayes wrote this week's
1: trophy wife. Go ahead and tune in. Um, yes, I did write this week. trophy You have wife. the young
0: Asian kid saying some pretty good quips, huh?
1: Yes, this week the trophy wife uh, takes the kids to the zoo. Okay, how's and, that go? Well, she doesn't know what any of the animals are. And so they're asking her, uh, trophy wife, what's that? And she's having to, she has a little uh, radio in her ear mm. so that her friend can tell her what the animals are as she's going through it. But... Her surprise! Surprise! She gets shot with a water gun, and the radio malfunctions, <laughs> and her friend fell asleep. And so she's having to, she's going through the zoo blind, no idea what any of the animals are. But then at the end, she realizes that she doesn't need to know what animals are for to be a good mom. For, to, to 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 be a good mom, that's not and to be sexy. That's not all it is. Yeah, being sexy is not always about <laughs> about knowing what animals are. What great. Uh. Well, that was great. We're going to be right back. Oh, we have a very good guest today. Paul Rust. Paul Rust is here. He was in *Inglorious Bees, I Love You Best Cooper. He wrote for this most recent season of Arrested Development. Oh, wow. That's great for him. That's exactly what he should be doing. Very soon on Hollywood Handbook.
0: Hollywood Handbook.
1: So I start screaming, and I go, well,
0: excuse me. my dad just got stung by a bee on his head. So if that's not an emergency, you tell me what is.
1: They came over right away. Is he okay?
0: I don't know. Hollywood Handbook.
1: What up, what up? We're back on Hollywood Handbook. What's up? Uh, This is a segment that we really enjoy doing. I think it's sort of an important segment. There's this idea... Mm-hmm. In Hollywood that the writer performers run the show.
0: Yeah, I think people believe that once you're a big deal writer performer that you sort of you're doing all
1: the moves. right. In some cases that is true. Yes. But I can think of two cases where it's true. Yes, I don't want to name any names, but there are a couple of examples where where that is the case. But, not to do a little myth-busting, mm-hmm. the truth about Hollywood is it's run mostly by 10 percentaries. The 10 percentaries, for people who don't know... Um, These are like representatives. Yeah,
0: they, yes, they represent the actors and the writers. Mm -hmm. They um, submit them for jobs. They have relationships with the studios and the networks. And a lot of young actors go, well, Mm -hmm. how do I get a 10%ery on my side?
1: And which 10%ery is the right one (laughs) for me? (laughs) And it's like a a, a specific person who's assigned to your career who works at a 10%ery is called a 10%erist. And people wonder, when they first make it out to LA, that's sort of the first step. Get a 10%erist on your side. As a quick, Ari on Entourage was Vince's 10%erist. Probably probably the most famous 10%erist. Probably the
0: most famous 10%erist. Yes. Just so you have a picture in your head.
1: Yes. Uh, So this segment is called 10%ery Elementary. It's where we school you. We take you to elementary school. And we educate you. And we educate you on what each 10 percentery, what role each of them plays. What they bring to the table. We like to think of these 10
0: percenteries Mm -hmm. as having their own personality, sort of like they're uh, a a bunch of people at a, a high school party. Yes. Um, and so you, we sort of identify them like that. Each one has, you know, fits in a certain archetype. Sort of a click. And hopefully we'll clarify for you which one is right for right. you when it comes time for
1: you to choose between them and just say, okay, this is my 10% Right. Right. As far as we're concerned, and I think as far as everyone concerned, and I think the, the fact is that there are three 10% reason.
0: There, are, there are three that I know of. There yep. may be some independent... Sort of uh, people just fleecing people, uh, you know. Uh, outside of that, but, yes. But for our money, there's three of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the first one I feel like is the easiest to picture, and this is CAA. Yeah. And these guys at the
1: high school party, these are kind of the jocks, aren't right. they? Hayes. Yes. Uh, those are the guys you'd find uh, tossing a football around. Uh, Varsity sweater on Sort of a big muscular build Always a pretty cheerleader by their side Yeah, real hot shots And and they leave you thinking Oh, this is
0: going to be some bully jerk right? But when you actually get to talk to them they're yeah. really nice, yeah. and it turns out they get straight A's they too. They get straight not A's, A's and they actually jock. do
1: take advanced classes. Like what makes them so good at sports is how hardworking they are. Yeah, and, and they're that in AP classes. That yeah, translates to classroom, uh, and they don't just because they are popular doesn't mean they discriminate against anyone else at the at the school. Yeah, like a lot of they, times they're friends
0: with like a kid in a wheelchair. Yeah, they or have something.
1: a lot of different kinds of friends. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of have their pick of. They get into a lot of really good colleges, and
0: yeah. So that, so that's CAA. Mm-hmm. Now, and what on does the, CAA stand for? Cool as anything. Now, on the other side of the coin, you have UTA. Mm-hmm. Now, people probably heard of UTA. Mm-hmm. They rep Johnny Depp, yeah, and and that's a good example of. They're sort of these guys. You walk in, they're in the corner. Are they? They're not quite goth, they're not quite hippie, but it's mm-hmm. like some sort of artistic alternative vibe you feel. Yeah, they're
1: sort of all, they're wearing uh, sometimes black clothes. Yeah, and so you go, oh, this guy's a loner, mm-hmm. this guy's a weirdo.
0: But if you talk to him, or even just watch for a few minutes, you find out tons of friends.
1: Yeah. And really funny and smart. Mm-hmm. And they actually have like great taste in music, but just because you don't know about something doesn't mean that they think less of you. Like They just want to share their their good taste. It's just something they're really genuinely excited about. Yeah, them. they introduce you to cool bands like mm-hmm. The Cure or whatever. And actually, even though they're into all that stuff, if you ever want to go out and shoot hoops with them, sure. they're actually very athletic. It's surprising how good they are at sports. Yes. yes. And at the same time, while they project an image of not... Caring that much about school and the establishment, they get into
0: all the best schools. They
1: get into all the best schools, and they get very good grades. And they actually think applying yourself is is really important. They, you know, it's it's your future is sort of their attitude, uh, and, and and you only and, get one. And what does UTA stand for? UTA stands for Under the Awning. Like of like the awning says success in Hollywood and coolness. Yeah. yeah. So they they sort of it's like they fall under the awning of success and coolness is sort of what that alludes to.
0: Now those both sound like good people to talk to at a party, but let's talk about the other guy.
1: Yeah, WME, WME. Um, if you're if you went to certain kinds of schools, you might be familiar with a a clique called the Preps. Okay. Uh those are the guys with uh, a pastel sweater tied around their shoulders. Uh like shorts with little whales on them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh
0: And the and for me, the WME is the guy who first time I see him, he's got these big
1: thick glasses on and I go, "Oh, this nerd burger is is not going to be cool enough to talk to." Right. So they're sort of a combination of preps and Nerds. And nerds. But then he takes his glasses off.
0: Yeah. And he goes, I don't need these to see. Right. I was having a goof. And I go, that's funny. Uh Uh-huh. And cool and smart. Yeah. And then I realize, oh, this guy actually is great at sports. He actually, he listens to like top 40 music, Mm -hmm. but
1: he knows which songs are good and which songs are trash. Right. Right. And just because he's rich doesn't mean that he's weird about money or anything. Uh, no. He's, he's totally grounded and not Ton of spoiled poor at friends. all. Uh, and his girlfriend is very attractive, but also really nice. Um, yeah. Sweetheart. Does like volunteer stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's sort
0: of a breakdown. You get an idea of it just like in high school, you know, not everyone's the same mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, what clique are you in? Right. Are you with the cool, funny, smart, athletic? Yeah.
1: Popular agency? Or, like, the really smart, nice, good at sports? Or, like, just sort of the all-around? Yeah, like, the, like, well-rounded one. Right. And that's WME, which stands for um, Wonderful Men Every Day. And so, yes. And so when you move here, mm-hmm. knock on the door that makes the most sense to you. And people sometimes ask... Like well when I was in high school there were like some guys like a bunch of like bullies and like poor kids and guys that like got bad like burnouts and druggies and stuff This isn't your high school, pal. This is actually a good school. This is a this is a very selective. And
0: also even if it was they're in the school, they're yep. not invited to the party that we're at.
1: Yeah, exactly. This this kind of party is for a certain class of student, as it were. Uh, you won't find ugly people, stupid people, people without a certain amount of money. Or if you don't have that much money, like, you still know how to dress well, you know? Yeah, you can disguise the fact, maybe, that you don't have that much money. Yes, people at this party drink and do drugs, but, like at a reasonable like they they do it responsibly they do it it like adults Uh, this isn't whatever experience you think you've had that relates to this I mean unless you are in it you don't know so don't ask questions like that it's a bad question and it's not a good use of our time and that's the last we'll say about it that's the school bell ring recess time Uh, that's where we uh, listen to An advertisement And we'll be right back With our guest On Hollywood Handbook
0: Hollywood Handbook So I clink my glass To do a toast, right? Yeah And I just go I'm sorry but Buster Keaton's not funny And this whole dinner is a sham Yeah And I felt so brave Mm -hmm. And I think
1: that They knew that What did Fallon say? He just spit his water at me. Hey, hey what, what up? What up? What what up? up? <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood Handbook and Insider's Guide to Kicking Button, Dropping Names in the Red Carpet, Lineback, Hallways of this industry we call showbiz. We've We're got, here with the homie Paul. We've Rust. Got a heck of a guest, heck of a guest today. <laughs> Big one today. Pa- Paul Rust is hey here. Hey guys, how's it going? Good to be here. Huge fan. Really you. good. Yeah. It's nice to be here, it's, right here in the heart of Hollywood. Right, mm-hmm. the belly, of the beast. It's not Van Nuys Handbook, we say. No. You know, it's no, not man. certainly not West Hollywood Handbook. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. Th- oh, okay. it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, no, not no, not our style. Not for us.
0: Love pussy. It feels so uh, good.
2: Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just, I'm a big, uh, I love Seinfeld, and I'm a big fan of Jerry the show. Seinfeld. Huge inspiration, Jerry
1: Seinfeld. Hayes wrote for them. I did right? for back when, um, or when it was going to be called Mr. Seinfeld, the Mr. Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mr. Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah, and uh, I said, oh, drop the Mister. Uh, that was it's you. Cleaner. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Paul, we met you. A long time ago, right. uh, I think it was at one of your famous flash mobs. You used to organize these really fun flash mobs in like crowded spaces. You'd sort of bring a little levity into the the well, every day you know,
2: experience. Just, I feel like in the comedy scene, comedians mm-hmm. are just they're social creatures, you know, and they just constantly want to get together yes. and have fun and hang out. And for me, I guess it's just like trying to come up with events to get just some wild, wild madmen together, you know. Yes. Just a uh, just a laugh, and uh, the flash mob was it. Yeah, and that's where I met you too. When we
1: loved doing them, it was nice to sort of bring it, it down was so to the people. Awesome yeah. to get back. First of all, to my roots as
0: a dancer, because I never get to do that mm-hmm. anymore. I never mm-hmm. get to flex those muscles. Yeah, and also just to feel like I was collaborating mm-hmm. because yeah. so much of this business is just being locked in your room <laughs> Yes, you know yeah. uh, just click clacking away on the typewriter it can night. get a little hairy yeah
2: it's sometimes. just a very solitary uh, mm-hmm. career sometimes so when you can get you know just three three great brains in the room sure. mm-hmm. like now or something just, yes. uh, you know brain jamming mm-hmm. um, it's great because you know well, I feel like a lot of those flash mobs a lot of great ideas came out of them, you know? Yes. A lot mm-hmm. of great shows. Yeah, sure. Just from people having conversations. A lot
0: of the most popular programs that are on now That's w- right. were birthed right in those flash mobs. Mm-hmm. The Middle was birthed as a, mm-hmm. as a
1: the, uh, flash mob originally. The
0: Bates Hotel
1: yes. movie, I think, mm-hmm. or a TV yes. show, yeah. Sure. Pan That AM. was the higher end version of Bates Motel, I think, when we were like, <laughs> make it a little more posh. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It was going to be about a bellboy
2: yes. who worked at the Bates Hotel. And yes. then they bumped it down to Bates Hotel. And that's fine. That's fine.
0: I, I mean, think they were worried a about it not, idea, being, but
1: not being accessible.
0: Okay. Pan Am was there. And Stargate Atlantis, I think, um, mm-hmm. I remember,
1: his, his just, just said it. Said it.
0: I yeah. sk- I was an exclamation! I I stubbed my toe doing a dance move, sort of a one of those that inverted macarena thing you were teaching us, and I went Stargate Atlantis, and just and I don't know where it came from, yeah. and I saw a guy scribble it down, and the uh, next day it was on the air. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. That's how fast it can happen.
2: Where, where what was that flash? Mount? That was at um, uh, Hollywood. The Americana? Oh. So, yeah, there was two mall ones, yeah, so I get confused sometimes about yeah. the The Americana one was the one where because we went by the it was sort of like um, a comment on their fountains, right yes. it was, it was a fount- bit of a takedown of <laughs> yes. the fountain culture there. You choreograph the fountains to do things. Mm-hmm. We're going to choreograph ourselves to do things. I think was sort yeah. of the... Well, the we sort of high. were
0: like, you're valuing fountains more than people, and we think people are what's important, and I stand by that. Oh, it me started too, me with, too.
1: I think, just you coming out of the crowd and sarcastically clapping at one of the fountains, and then one by one, all the rest of us did. And then the uh, clapping became sort of a yes. dance, and then yeah. you stubbed your toe, right? I think you stubbed your toe at something? During that
2: one, yeah, and During I went, it.
0: Stargate Atlantis! Oh, right, yeah,
2: we talked about this, I'm sorry. <laughs> because it really hurt. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I've given up the the flash mobs though. They just got a little too out of hand. What's uh,
1: going on? Uh, what, what what kinds of stuff have you been up to lately? Oh, you know, just uh,
2: pounding the pavement, uh-huh. mm. and, uh huh, and being trapped in this guy here.
1: I pointed my brain. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you, but you know, just yeah. uh, we talk about that sometimes. Uh, sort of living in the funny zone. Because Sean and I have actually talked about this. We say, I think Paul might be spending a little too much time in the funny zone. Too much time in the funny Funny zone. zone. See, I call them
2: uh, my funny glasses that I walk around the world with my funny glasses on, Mm -hmm. looking for comedy, looking for things that are funny, and then having them go through the glasses into my eyes. Right. um, And then coming back out comedy. But I've never heard of it put as you said the funny zone. The funny zone. Yeah. And you,
1: are you guys, you're concerned that I um, exist in that space? Well, when you're always in that space, you know, Mm. when you never come out, do you lose touch of what the world outside of the funny zone is like? No, I... Just
0: worry about, we're just thinking about you. I totally understand that. And to put it in terms you
1: would understand,
0: I would almost say that maybe you're wearing your funny glasses too much. Does that make sense? That makes yeah. Mm. I, mean, I have this term, um, funny
2: glasses, so that actually does make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, well, you know, I try to take the funny glasses off or get out of the funny zone. Yeah, because I recognize what oh, you guys good. are saying. You can get too mired in it. So, sure. Sometimes I'll just I'll drive thirty miles out of L.A. and I'll go into a small town and I'll just hang out with like a mechanic for a day. Oh wow! And just salt of the earth. Yeah, just talk to him. <laughs> I mean, it can be a crazy perspective sometimes. Sure. Um, but I come back from LA and I am just, I have trunk loads of material. Yes.
0: Just ideas because I went. And they talk to a regular person. To real know. people. And that's something that we lose sight of in this mm. city, is everyone starts jerking off the other artists, you yeah, know? Oh, and you're yeah. double fisting three artists at once, doing jerking them all off. But we're not making it for them necessarily. We're making entertainment for real Americans, and I'm amazed
1: at how funny some of them are. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And they don't even know. And I feel, and it makes me feel like a fraud, right? I mean, some of the funniest
2: people I have met yeah. aren't in show business. Yes, just dads or uncles or moms or cousins. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All kind, yeah. All kinds truly. of truly family. Like if yeah. I could choose between hanging out in a room with. Uh, Peter Sellers, yeah, or genius, I, or genius. my dad—he's a genius. Don't get me wrong. Genius. Oh, he's a wise. He, he gets lost in his, uh, in his characters. Yes. Yeah. But if I could have a choice between him or I don't know my dad's best friend, mm-hmm. I choose my dad's best friend because I'm probably going to laugh more. Yeah. As, yeah, as genius as Sellers is,
0: in a way, my dad's best friend is more brilliant. It's even way. more brilliant because he's not trying, right? Mm. And that was the thing about Peter Sellers. He was he trying to really hard. trying
1: very hard, but I love you could feel the strange effort. love. Strange Love is so funny, I just turn it on and I laugh. And oh, laugh. Oh when Strange Love is
0: on, can okay, turn off my phone because I am just gonna I am laughing and laughing. I am gonna be laughing all day. And even after it ends, I'm still laughing at what I saw when it was on. Mm-hmm. And that's how funny. And I love Strange Love, but everything else he did is trash. He was trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Paul, one of the things uh, that you've been doing that I've really enjoyed are your. Um, when you go on uh, KTLA 5 and do your 10 second movie reviews. Oh, yeah,
2: it has been fun. Uh, you've seen
0: those. I have oh, seen those, so and I really
1: enjoy them Thank a lot. You. And I was wondering if you'd like to do a couple. Today, oh, I don't sure. know. If that's, I don't know
0: if KTLA owns yeah. those or if
2: we. Can they get, don't. Um, oh, right. That was actually a long part of the negotiation process sure. when I first but you started. Could do them on I podcast. Just, you know, uh, a performer's work is the mm-hmm. only thing he can really stand on. Yeah. And if KTLA owns that, you know, and I, I know how it is. They, they take my 10-second reviews and they put them on a DVD mm-hmm. and then they sell the DVD or they throw them up on Netflix and mm-hmm. then they get the money for that. You know, yeah. I, I just like to own. I own my stables.
1: Sure. That, DVD sales are such a huge part of oh, the money we chunk. make. It's becoming a, a whole new business. Yeah.
0: That almost more people are watching movies at home.
1: Yeah. DVD is growing. Yeah. Hollywood VD is. Yeah, the last D in Hollywood is, is the beginning of DVD. Is the beginning of DVD
0: at this point, and And in a year, it'll be even more so.
2: But would you? Is there any classics? Um, are there any favorite movies?
1: I enjoy some of the recent ones. I thought your Captain Phillips one was really good. If you oh, like, oh yeah. Well, the, you know, the secret to those two is
2: in order to make them ten seconds, I just make them ten words, because each word oh, wow. equals about a second. So yes. I know if I just—I
1: never noticed that. Yeah,
2: yeah, hmm. yeah. So Captain Phillips—that's mm-hmm. two—was mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. transformative. Now, transformative actually takes one of the words, so this is a nine. It's a nine okay. one, yeah. <laughs> Captain Phillips was a transformative experience uh-huh. at the movies. <laughs> but I, 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 my boss was upset with me because I didn't get the letter grade in or the amount of stars. I, I tried
1: right, to do a letter grade time.
0: and stars. You mm-hmm. almost always run out of time, though. I don't think I've seen one where you did get a letter grade involved. <laughs> so your boss must always be kind of upset. If you listen
2: when they come back from commercial... Uh, as the graphics are playing in the music I try to whisper the grade very quietly oh, underneath the bed Oh that's so if you um, okay. Captain Phillips was a C because he was on
1: a C Oh Yeah he's on the C and also Captain starts with C mm-hmm. I get that <laughs> There's an old throw, throwback that uh, was really good uh, Bridesmaids that review sort of launched Yeah that launched was the
2: one that did it for yeah. me um, in, in the same way that I like to think Bridesmaids launched the career of Melissa McCarthy. Mm -hmm. My Bridesmaids review launched my career Mm -hmm. as a as a reviewer. Yeah, Bridesmaids
0: was a hilarious experience at the movies. Yeah, I remember hearing that one, and I said, "Seeing it," Uh (laughs) and I and I did see it. And Bridesmaids was a B. Yes, it was a B. B for bridesmaids.
2: Right. It's really difficult sometimes when I review a movie that doesn't start with an A, B, C, D, or F. Mm-hmm. That's been the toughest reviews i You have I've to had. give them
1: sort of an unconventional grade.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like um, ooh,
1: The Hours. Are there any... The okay, hours? good. Yeah. I was struggling also to think of a movie that started with any other letter <laughs> other than <laughs> A, B, C, hmm. D, or
0: F. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, you think of Zorro, and then you go, is that, that a the movie? movie? <laughs> yeah. Is that a movie? I know Mask is You know who's was. really uh-huh. funny, though?
2: Antonio Banderas.
0: He oh, is hilarious. so, so funny. funny. Yes. So funny. I when a, I watch him on screen, I feel like I'm hanging with my dad's friend. <laughs> my because
1: dad's that's best how friend. funny, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, if I had a choice to be in a room with Banderas or my dad's best friend, I'd choose Banderas. Mm -hmm. Because he's
1: famous and like funny and like
0: he's a really great actor and and he would like the same foods I like because we Mm -hmm. both have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul, you've worked with a bunch of uh, sort of heavy hitters in this town. Yes, can you speak on the difference between preparing for a Quentin Taran Killam versus Mm -hmm. uh, Christopher Columbine? You were in Inglorious Bees
1: with.
2: Yeah, uh, Quentin. and Quentin Taran Killam. He, you know he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, Who were you? You were Slimer in that, right? Yeah, I played. <laughs> I was a Slimer in a few scenes, and a lot of the fans don't notice this, but I was actually pre-Slimer when he was in oh, his yeah. flesh and bones body before he died. Uh-huh. And then in the background, you see me die, and then I come back as a yeah. Slimer. You know the movie, even though it was a, a big success, it was you know a lower budgeted sort of independent movie. Yeah. So there was problems. I know that we couldn't afford the hot dogs for Slimer's mouth, and um, yeah. that was an issue. We only could do four, and I think the script called for six, and yeah. you know, but that, that, that's why you do in the filmmaking is just you, you figure out sure. a way to get those extra two hot dogs. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, tell us a little about Quentin's direction and like has it affected the way sort of when you live your everyday life uh will you ever think about some of the things he told you
2: was uh, influenced a lot by um, the director brian levant who did uh, the beethoven i think the first beethoven movie Mm -hmm, and um the flintstones movie one of the problem child films i think and so he was constantly talking about levant levant would do this levant would set up the shot and he read levant on levant right Right. And, you know, after a while, you're just kind of like, well, let's just get Brian Levant in here and make Inglorious Bees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we're aping him so much. Sure. Let's just get the real let's thing. Let's get the guy. Yeah. And that was a long conversation, I know, most mornings was, can we just get Levant in here? Mm-hmm. Um But Quentin Turnbull
0: put his foot down. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have studied improv. When you were younger. I love improv. Can you talk a little bit about how much of movies is a script? And how mm-hmm. much of a movies is you just going off? And feel free to be honest about how it's really almost all just you going off.
2: Yeah. Because, I mean, I think there's sort of this code mm-hmm. that you you claim, oh, we don't improvise much, we stick mm-hmm. to the script, you know, to keep the nerds happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would say not just me, I would say most actors in any genre of movie, I'd say it's n- percentage 90 95% mm-hmm. improvised. Yeah, yeah, you
1: say I always like when you would say going into a shoot like I love the the script is really important cuz I got to throw out something.
2: Right. And then, I got to throw out 5 10% or 90. Right. What, what am I throwing out exactly? What's the you percentage? You would be throwing out 95%. Right. So I'm right keeping the said. 5%. Yes. yes. Keeping
0: the 5 So you have a little bit of a template to work from. And also, you know what jokes you're not going to do. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to strike a couple out right off the bat. Yes. And go, well, somebody else that thought of that. helps narrow it mm-hmm. down. That's it. And if it didn't come out of my bean. Yeah. Well, and I like a lot of
2: times I'll have the script sort of off to the side, so when they call cut, I like to roll up the script, mm-hmm. kind of in a little, you know, you know, I just do. roll it up. And then I go over to the writer, and I kind of pop him in the arm with the script, I go, you like what I just did there? And uh, I think that makes him feel good about his job.
0: It's just a way to
2: support a writer and encourage wow. them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, I I think of a script as just a template Sure To build off Or a blueprint Mm -hmm. To build my crazy buildings Yes
0: Yeah Yeah I I do I like to say uh, Of course That we are Blueprint makers Mm -hmm. And Golf course designers As writers Mm -hmm. Because just go play Mm -hmm. Yes Right Mm -hmm. Go play Mm -hmm. You know And you pick the club And you Uh swing as hard as you want And it's just There's just sort of We've laid out this nice sort of fun, nice-looking golf course for you. Yeah. And the actors can play on that. Here's the hole. That's the act break. Just get it in there. Yeah, and take your time, and then we'll chop it up. And it, it and it's a certain, you know, scripts serve a purpose because it's a great way to make a buttload of money when I'm not acting in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is so important mm-hmm. to this industry.
1: That's really important.
2: Oh, yeah. If you're not acting and you're not... Making money or income, mm-hmm. it's really nice to be able to continue making money mm-hmm. with writing mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that you, what am I trying to say? Constantly have money. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can
1: just do it right on your computer. Yeah. And it's a total fucking jerk off.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Paul, you like to say that fame is just an illusion. Well, Speak
2: I like that. to say fame is just an illusion. I like to take a space Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I stole
0: that that space from you yeah Well, you just
2: condensed it you sort of tighten it up and And it doesn't mean the same thing well you're you're sort of like rock you know Chris Rock yes loves to make things concise and have no air and I guess I'm sort of more of a Cosby you know Mm. I like to be let it breathe let it breathe you know Um, but yeah yeah, speak on that I I have gotten in trouble before for saying that Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like to hear it particularly illusionists uh, sure. magicians um, hey that's our bag yeah <laughs> they go magic is an illusion not right. fame and the fame we get from our magic that's not an illusion mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I've had a falling out with a lot of the magician community because they kind of um, there's a sort of a, in the Venn diagram the comedy worlds and the magic world yeah. sort of
0: cross mm-hmm. um, and not
2: you- so much after Wonderstone. I think that's it's kind of made things a little
1: chillier. Well, and you
0: weren't allowed to see Now You See Me, is that right? They wouldn't let you into the theater. You put, you paid for the ticket yeah. and then Paul, the door kept disappearing and moving when you tried to get in.
2: Yeah, I would go up to the thing and I'd go to grab the doorknob and the doorknob would move up to the corner of the and then yeah. I'd get a stool and I'd get on top of the stool that reach oh, wow. the doorknob and then it would move. Um, yeah, they kept a lot of. Um, magicians just outside the arc light just to keep people's eyes peeled. And, I wasn't the only one who was not getting in. I mean I don't want to get anybody in trouble or name mm-hmm. names. But you were the main one, the most famous one. Yeah, there were some other comedians though who are, I guess, on the shit list mm. um of of different magicians. Give us
1: one scoop. Oh,
2: well, Marin. Oh okay. He's trouble. I think I think because Marin sounds like magician
1: it really does it's sound just, a yeah, lot. Makes like people magician. competitive. Yeah. You know? yeah,
0: Mark Magician.
1: I thought it might be fun to reach into the popcorn gallery. Oh, I would love to do that. <laughs> oh, yummy! We've uh, some of our listeners uh, have some have prepared some questions for you, Paul. Oh, great. Uh, and you know, I think sometimes the best questions come from people who aren't in the industry. That's because, how we feel too, yeah. because we sometimes we don't even know what's interesting to ask because to us it's just sort of boring.
2: Well, you are in it, yes, yeah. yeah you're exactly. just so
1: deep in it. So here's a question from Clyde, listener Clyde. Clyde asks, a "Great name! What's the best social media for getting my projects to reach sky high?" Well, you got a lot of choices, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I've just
2: noticed, and <laughs> just in terms of sky highness, yes. I mean, if that's what you're going for, mm-hmm. sky high. Um, you know, I just, I feel like not a lot of people have said this, but Twitter is such a great way to have just an instant connection with yes. your fans. Thank yes. you. Yes. Finally. That, you know, you can write a script, and then it gets kicked up to the execs, they give their notes, they make their changes, Ugh. and then by the time your fans and your viewers are seeing it, it's a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. But with Twitter, I can say exactly what I want uh-huh. in any uh, uh, amount of characters I want, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and reach the people I want to reach. Thank you. You guys feel the same way about Twitter? Because I've pissed off some people before when I've said that Twitter is a great way to you're, have access
0: to Oh friends. Well, you're, you're not pissing us off, but we've run into the same mm-hmm. meatheads mm-hmm. who don't want to listen to. Twitter is a great way to have direct access to your fans and really make them feel like they have a connection with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, they don't. That's ridiculous. But it makes them feel that way, and that feels nice.
2: Well, it's another illusion it's another illusion I mean there's so many sorry
0: t- mark magicians
2: it's just it's tough you know in this business there's so many times that I just go what is real mm-hmm. you know is, I think my connection to my fans is real This money feels real in my hand. But have you ever thought about how money is just – it symbolizes, uh, what, a heap of gold somewhere?
1: Well, ever since Mm. fiat currency was put in place and the gold standard was – we have a lot of opinions on this, and we talk about it on the podcast a lot. Yeah. uh, So we shouldn't go too far down this road. Well, Uh, like most comedians, we're libertarians. Yes. But – the government that's in place right now in this country is a sham, and they certainly don't represent us. Or, or he yeah, is not my president. They don't or represent anyone. Yeah. Yes,
0: they don't even represent what they say they represent, which is a big part of why it's all some huge fucking shadow conspiracy bullshit. And I'll tell you, the second I can start making movies in Italy, I'm so out of here. Once that paperwork goes through, and you guess who's holding it up? Obama. The government.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uncle Obama and his Mm -hmm. Little Red War. Here's a question. Let's dip back in the popcorn bag. (laughs) This one's from Hunter. Dude, I think I
2: got the munchies.
1: That's a cool sound clip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter asks, Paul, have you ever done something embarrassing by accident in a Hollywood situation, for example, on a movies or television set, on a stage or in a very important meeting? If so, how did you handle it? Well, um, I don't
2: think uh, I'm going to be surprising anybody when I admit you know, I have a doctors call it a queefing syndrome and Mm -hmm. um, so I've been in some situations where uh, well, I met Helen Mirren and I like to say I queefed in front of the queen Wow, <laughs> it was at the Queen premiere, and um, I'm a huge Miren maniac. Yeah, just, and uh, it was at the after party, and I went over to her, and I was just like, uh, "Ms. Mirren. it was embarrassing. I almost called her Ms. Marin. Yeah, sure. Because Mark Parrish was there too. <laughs> Sounds a lot. Like and that. I went over to her, and I and she, I shook her hand, and I guess she squeezed it just a little harder than I expected. I queefed. Thank God she queefed at the same time. To put you at ease. Yeah. She's just... She's a pro. You know, yeah. she could tell when that you've I was uncomfortable. have been in this business
1: for that long. And
2: there's a lot of celebrities, I'll be honest, who would have just let me queef and be embarrassed about it and kind of have that power yeah. mm-hmm. trip of like, I know you did. I've never queefed. Mm-hmm. But Helen, she did. And um, her husband was there, the uh, director, uh, Taylor Hackford. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he went... Oh, baby, that stinks.
1: Um, I guess that wasn't so much of an embarrassing situation. Yeah, I wondered why you... It sounded like you were sort of dodging the question a little bit there.
2: Um, I also... um, I also... uh, My pants dropped accidentally once in front of um, Les Boonvis, the head of uh, CBS. Yeah.
1: Was that a play on his name you were trying to do? Yeah, I said less moon vest how about more moon neen right
2: now and uh, he said what <laughs> I, don't, I don't get
0: that <laughs> and you get and you gave him a little but i booked ham. it i booked it guys mm-hmm. and at the end of the day that's all that matters and, mm-hmm. and they can't deny talent we just I... you got to be so good they can't ignore you, you.
2: were saying something earlier about money I mean, when you book something, I, I think that's part of the thrill is like, you know, you're going to get money.
0: It's, you know that it's cash in your pocket. Yeah. And that is so good. That's the most
1: satisfying feeling.
0: It's the most satisfying feeling that you can have. Mm-hmm. A- and I don't think there's any art left. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. But I know there's money left. mm mm-hmm. And I'll take
1: it. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. And as long as you've already, accept-
2: I mean, I said that. Out loud, practically, you know, as I was driving into L.A., the first time I drove into L.A., I was like, I know this isn't for art, this is for money, and I'm okay with that. And with the hope, you know, in a few years, I know we all say this, guys, but Mm -hmm. I just love to retire and take my money and just get a ranch and
1: just start writing the stuff I want to write. That Hollywood money goes pretty far out in flyover country, we've found. Yeah, Yeah. you can stretch it. Yeah. Um, Remember that feeling first driving into LA and seeing the city just kind of rise up before you and just o- open its arms to sort of welcome you in open its legs. Well, well, that's There is a sexual element to the city. You're right, Sean,
0: there is. There hey, is. Hey, uh, thank you. I mean, well, that's very gross. We're going to dance around it.
1: What's gross? I just don't think that that's Oh my, but you don't I mean, to some extent, don't you think sex sells in this industry? Well, whether or not that's true, I don't think it's something that we should be endorsing, like like implying that it's okay. Okay, you've never bought a ticket to a film
0: just because there was a sexual element, perhaps an attractive woman, maybe like a... I, I mean, I don't want to give away too much of your type, but maybe there's like a Whoopi Goldberg in it, or there's someone that you really admire... But like, what is and, and you kind of are going in there, yes, to see a good film, but sure. also to get off a little bit in your downstairs area. This is a podcast, you know. Yeah,
2: but what it's are, a what, but. But we're,
0: we're supposed to be telling the truth about this town.
2: And I mean, I know we're getting a little bit into our lives here, but sometimes I think showbiz is our lives. Is showbiz is our lives? Is you know, it's just one loop. And when you talk about, I know when I'm talking about my life, I feel like. Should this be a headline in variety? Should
0: I that contract Nikki Fink? If you, but, I mean, Hayes, if you want to sit here and pretend you didn't get a high, hard one during the help, then you go ahead and do it. But I was sitting next to you, and I know what I Brett, saw. I'm I what I, I Brett, I'm ending the show. Brett,
1: end the show. End it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. Rate us on iTunes. What do we have uh, in the in the pro version this week? If you buy the pro version, we've got some really great goodies for you. Oh, I think, oh, uh, Bruce Reed Robinson uh, ordered the pro version mm-hmm. last week, and he wins Paul Rust saying his name like Michael Buffer on on the podcast. Uh, so, Bruce, Bruce Reed Robinson, here's your prize. Bruce Reed Robinson. Wait, did they get a load of me?
2: That also functions as a 10-second review. I think technically, I think that was ten words.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. technically um, it was.
2: And I love your uh merch section too. I've been, I've yes. just been getting, I'm going in there we getting all my finally Christmas updated presents that. for all my yeah. friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, please jump in there and get the merch. It's uh...
2: well, your logo of the Hollywood sign and the two O's in wood being cross eyes mm-hmm. to show <laughs> how crazy well, this shirt. town.
0: Yeah, this
1: town can be a little goofy, mm-hmm. and the. Hollywood hand hands the big foam yeah big foam foam Hollywood hand hands Hollywood hand hands my niece loves them she's crazy about them
0: yeah Uh, if you order the pro version you obviously could get a great prize like Bruce did and you get um, two free blimpy subs and uh, anything you want on those subs except condiments and you get those absolutely for free Mm -hmm. if you order the pro version if you're one of the first ten people to do it this week and (laughs) we get about a million a week
1: bye
0: bye bye (laughs)